Hallelujah. Come on, go ahead and give him a shout of praise. Give him a shout of praise. Do, do you have a good father? Yes. Do you have a sweet, sweet lover? Yes. And what's his name? Jesus. Come on, I said, what's his name? Jesus. Can you give him a sweet praise? Come on. Before you take your seat, tell three people, I have a good, good father. Amen. Praise God. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing today? So excited seeing everyone, such a beautiful sight seeing each and every one of us. Um, God is good. He's a good God. Um, you're welcome. Um, I welcome all the the um, the friends and families. Um, you know, um, can we appreciate the parents in the house? Um, this is Dad. Uh, July and Miss family. Come on, let's get my hands together. Welcome. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made and we rejoice and we're glad in it. Um, if not because of the mercies of God, we will not be here. It is his mercies that has kept us. And it is his mercies that has made it possible for us to be here at this time. We are, we are children of his mercy. His mercy. We are not here by power. We are not here by, by mind, but by his spirit. And we thank God for the life of um, July, me and BC. Can we thank God for their lives? They are such a wonderful couple. Um, yesterday, the old world found out that BC has just been deceiving all of us. <laughs> yesterday, we found out that, you know, and uh, it, she has scammed everyone, and um, we, were, we were definitely scammed, you know. Because we would have, before yesterday, we would have given her the award of the most gentle person in the whole world. <laughs> But after yesterday, we found out that it was all scam. And then she revealed her true self yesterday. And anytime she tries to act gently again, we'll just shake her and push her and say, don't, don't deceive us. Amen. Amen. And I noticed some of you were not sure how you should behave this morning. Should you behave like you came for service? Or should you behave like you? <laughs> or should you behave like you came to for a wedding? Are you were caught in between? Even Pastor Idara was inviting, welcoming me. <laughs> she said, after that, we'll receive Pastor Lakulis. I was not looking right at like, Who is? Is that a guest in it? I was wondering if there's a guest, but the reason you feel the way you feel is because you are still religious. 
when you are religious, you have a need to segregate life for you to function. It's a sign of being religious. You, ha you, are, you have to be in a mode for you to function. They need, they need to tell you, today is party. <laughs> Bring out your party self. Then they say, tomorrow is exam. <laughs> and they say, today is church. So you are wondering, am I in church? Should I dance? Wedding dance. <laughs> or I went to dance, church dance. Okay, even if I'm to dance, church dance, but there's a different dance on Sunday, first service, and second service dance. But I, I even suspect that that's one of the reasons why we're having this today, so that our religious side can be exposed and um, so that we can you know, um, we, can, we can do something about it. It's life. Huh? It's what? It's life. You are just living your life. And today, what life will have us do is that in today's service, we're joining wonderful people. And it will be as amazing and powerful. You see, life, life flows in every situation. It's just life. I'm just alive. If a miracle needs to be done here, it will be done. If a deliverance needs to be done, it will be done. We don't have to target deliverance day of glory for the deliverance to happen. We're just alive. Whatever Jesus wants to do, Jesus will get done. Amen. We're not, we're not robots. We're sons and daughters of the Most High God who has remained the same from generation to generation. The days of Adam, he's been God. Abraham, he's been God. Moses, he's been God. 21st century, he's still God. He's not shocked at civilizations and the way things are changing. He remains the same. And so we're not shocked also. We're not confused. We know, we know that we're in the presence of the Lord and it's going to be an amazing time. So if you're asking yourself, where are you? Just say, I'm in the presence of God. And you are always there. Are you with me? Huh? It's not until the, tide, the theme of the service is ascending the mountains of Yeshua. <laughs> <laughs> that you would then begin to imagine that something, you know. And I think, I think there's, a, there's an important lesson here. Because I suspect that that's how some of you drop your abilities when you get to work. Because you feel that's work. No, that's not work. It's life. Yes, Ev everything you are here. Huh? You can be at work. Are you together with me? Everything that happens here will happen at work. Now open your Bibles with me to the book of Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Praise God. In the book of Genesis chapter 2, we have some very profound truths. Amen that we see in Genesis chapter 2. Um, but, but it's so amazing that in Genesis 1, when God was creating, in Genesis chapter 1, one of the very interesting statements with which God, you know, always rounded off everything he did was that it was good. Amen. When he, when, he made, when he made the firmament, it was good. Everything he made, he wrapped up by saying it was what? 
was good. But it got to one point in Genesis chapter 2 that God, God saw his situation and his response to that situation is that it's not good. And, and, and it's, it's that statement, is what God saw that made him say it's not good. And his response to that scenario is why we are here. After saying a lot of things were good, by the time we got to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, the Bible says, it is not good that man should be alone. Why? Because in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible told us that he had already made them male and female. But the one that we saw in the picture was the man. And God said, it's not good for this man to be alone. And what was his, what was his response? His response was the unveiling of the woman. And he unveiled the woman. And, and the truth is, when he unveiled the woman, when you see the response of Adam, it was, it was phenomenal. It was like the first time we saw Adam have some type of exclamation. And it was like, wow, this is amazing. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So out of everything God did and God said it was good, without the marriage institution, it's still not good enough. Like it's, it's as though this institution is what caps all of the goodness of God. Like God wasn't going to um, have a sense of, of total fulfillment. Are we together, friends? Until this institution, you know, was, was, was revealed or unveiled on the face of the earth. Praise the name of the Lord. Are we together, friends? Now, why is this important to us? You see, because sometimes you might think that what's going on is just a ceremony. It's not just a ceremony. It's not just a ceremony. You see, it's not just the desire of man to be married. It's not just a desire. It's the very extreme, precious creation of heaven. Like, like God wasn't going to be done. In fact, every other thing was made between the first and the seventh day. And on the seventh day, God rested. But you see, the marriage institution was one of the institutions that came out of the rest of God. Like, it's a creation of his rest. It's not, it's not, it's not a creation of his works. It's a creation of what? His rest. Like, the fullness of God is found in his rest, not in his work. And, and marriage is it's, it's, it's a creation of God's rest. It's such an amazing institution that if we do not really appreciate it and understand it, we will just think it's a love affair, a love between a man and a woman. No, it's not the love between a man and a woman. It's God's project. And not just an ordinary project. This project is more valuable to God than all the projects he did from day one to day seven. How do I know? When we, when we began to get to the book of Ephesians, we began to see the type of comparison and the kind of 
how God, what God compared marriage with. He began to tell a man to love his wife the way Christ will love the church. And he began to tell the woman to engage the husband the way the church should engage Christ. It means that when God was saying it's not good for man to be alone, all he was thinking was Jesus and his church. It's, it's, a, it's a big deal. Do you know, people sometimes take marriage for so much levity because they don't even understand what it's about. Sometimes we, we, have it, we, we think we can walk out. You know, sometimes we just think, I'm not happy, I'm not happy, I'm not happy. And then, <laughs> you just think you can walk out. No, it's more than that. It's not a cultural decision you are making. It's not an emotional decision. Like, it's better not to step in if you don't even understand the gravity of it. There is no body that is here without this institution. The reason you are alive and the reason you are here is this institution. And that's why the major thing the enemy wants to destroy is this institution. Yeah. The reason, one of the major reasons behind the gay movement you're seeing is because of this. If, if we can mess up this institution, we have messed up the foundation upon which the earth itself stands. And today, I want you to appreciate that what we are witnessing. And listen, if we, if we have another wedding next week, it is with this same gravity we are going to engage it. Yes, like we will never get used to it. Yes, I said we will never get used to it. Yes, because sometimes you might even be used to your own marriage. Yeah, is this no, is this no way you know, sometimes you just get used to it. And then you don't know like this is important to God. There are few things that God hates. And one of it is when we mess this up. Yeah. Like, like God says, the way God put it is, what, what God has joined together. Let not man put us on. There are few things that God agreed. You know, a lot of things, we, 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 we join it together. And we say, God bless it. Your business is not God that brought it together. It's your creative idea. A carpenter can bring wood together and make shoe. And say, see, he say, ah, this, this chair is fine. Or make chair, rather. He say, where is God? God will say, it's not me. It's you. Say, <laughs> <laughs> it's God. No. The only thing God say, agreed. Like, this service, we don't have to ask God, God, come. Like, God knows that he has a work to do this morning. Because he, by only him, can join them yes. together. And he's going to do it. Yes. Then God says, what have joined together? Don't try. Like, who are you? Like, you know they fear? <laughs> like, what have joined together? Let not man. What's he trying to say? It's not a man thing. You didn't join yourself together. If it was a man that joined it, then a man can scatter it. You can start a business and end it and say you are no more doing. You can, you, can, you can just say you are no more doing anything. But this one, it's an affront. To, you are looking at God and say, God, what do you join together? I'm going to separate it. And God is like, wow, you are so powerful. 
Like, wow. You mean what I've joined together, you want to separate? Yeah, it's because I'm not happy. I'm not happy. It's not treating me rightly. I'm not happy. <laughs> no. You don't have, that's beyond your jurisdiction. If you feel like scattering something, go and scatter your chair. Yes. <laughs> Nobody will, just, just break your chair. Or you're angry, you can take your shirt that you bought. You can, you can, you can put it asunder. There are a lot of things. <laughs> Listen, there are a lot of things you can put asunder, but this one, you can't. Don't. Don't put this asunder and think it will be well with you. If you want to offend people, offend cheer. Offend, offend many things. Don't offend God. Yes. Don't put this, don't put this asunder. Don't, don't try it. It's not about your convenience. It's about the Lord. We are worshippers of God. Yes, not worshippers of ourselves. Yes, there are things we don't enjoy that we stay in. Yes, Listen, if life had gone, if we had, if life had gone in the direction of the things we enjoy, we won't be here. Now, if you have always done the things you, you enjoy, today, almost all of us here won't have any teeth. Because when, when we were born as, as young children, we loved sweets. If our parents gave us everything that we enjoyed, we won't be here. All of us, even though you are in your early 20s or 30s or 40s, you'll be without it. Am I correct? Yes, what other thing don't we enjoy? We don't enjoy school. Yeah. If I say, oh, you don't enjoy, well, I don't want, you don't want to go to school, stay at home. <laughs> You won't even be able to strike two sentences together and make any sense out of it. It means that the reason why we have a good life today was that we stayed and did things we didn't enjoy. So don't, 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 don't be a worm and eat worm. Don't be slimy and, and, and fickle and... I'm not enjoying it. We're not enjoying many things. Beans, we didn't enjoy beans growing up. They had to tell us a lot of lies that when you eat it, you grow tall. You get to my sort of eating beans, for, like depression just comes upon you. Then some of us look for ways to improvise. We turn it to cement. We pour Gary on it. We mix it. You know, just do something. But friends, the reason we are here is because we have done the right things even though we didn't enjoy it. If I told them they would always enjoy every day, I would have told them a big lie. No, you won't. I'm preaching that you don't even know if I'm, if I'm enjoying. Forget that me and my wife came together and the car was smiling. You don't know if the smile started after I come out. You don't know. Forget the pictures that you see. Sometimes it takes faith to sleep on the same bed. Yeah. Sometimes you want to go to the other room and sleep somewhere else. But because you guys have said, 
we must always sleep on the same bed regardless of what's happening. And then you just, by faith, sleep on the same bed. And just <laughs> but the truth is, a day after everything goes back to normal. And then we're strengthened, we mature, we learn things. Because if you cannot accommodate your wife or your husband, how will you accommodate children? How will you accommodate a dying world? Like life is generally tough. I'm, t- I'm not going to lie to you. But we have grace inside that, that gives us victory over tough things. Who is saying I have grace? All right, I have 10 more minutes. It's not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. But my major point is this. That after all that God made, the only time God said something was not good was when the marriage institution had not been introduced. So the marriage institution trumps everything. Yeah, it does. Married trump. You know, I see people who fail in their marriage, and I'm going to be careful how I say this. I see people fail in their marriages and, and think it's not a big deal. It's a big deal. You need God to heal you of it. God, God can and God will, but it's a big deal. And then I see people who want to come out of their marriages and think, you know, people just take it casual, especially this generation. I'm not, going, I'm not doing anymore. You see, if you're not doing anymore, the chances that it will be well with you are very slim. You didn't break off from your girlfriend. The chances that it will be well with you are very slim. Why? Because you are broken like the covenant that, that makes them, like it's like the biggest deal to God. You can't just walk away from that and think it will be well with you. Now, if that has happened to you already, the message of God, the grace of God, but I'm talking about those of you who are in the institution. Like your brain should only think of how this will work. Not, there is no escape route. Like your brain should only think, how can this work? You're quiet. You have been planning escape routes. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's not such, I need you to understand that. It's not like something you just say, well, I'm, not do, I'm not doing it. You know, it's, it's deeper than that. It's like it's serious. You see, I see people like take this for levity and take their business seriously. See, if your marriage is not working, anything that is working does not deserve accolade. It is the one thing that should work. Stop thinking you are a great business owner if if you are a bad husband. You are a failure. Like, nobody will get to heaven and go and say, man, you made money on it, man. Like, like, there is no reward for that. There's no reward for that. But you know the the beautiful thing is that the very principles and spirit and character and attitude that makes for a great home will always make you great in everything that you do. The very principles and character that make for a great home will always make you great in everything that you do. 
But see, you can be great at everything or many things and not have a great home. And, and, and this goes for men, you know, because we're wired, we're wired to, to achieve stuff. Like, like a man is wired to achieve stuff. It's, it's, it's like, it's how we're wired. Like we're wired to fulfill dreams. That's why, that's why God will never put a baby in care of a man. Because the man will forget the baby at home to go and sign a deal. You know, that's the plan of men. The, the woman is wired to care. The man is wired to achieve stuff. You see, and sometimes we place value on ourselves based on what we are achieving. And so sometimes you have an assumption that the person you are with is privileged to be with you because, see, I'm a great banker. <clears throat> and, then, and then you become a star in your head because of work. Whereas God is not going to judge you on the basis of work because he's not the one that gave you that one. The only work he gave you is that out of about four billion girls, take care of one. And that's, that's, that's serious failure. The girls are plenty in the world. They should have given us more to take care of. But God says, I don't want to stress you. I'm just going to give you one. <laughs> just one. Now, me want reason one girl. <laughs> How can you say you are a successful man? You can't take care of one girl. Like there are so many girls. God says, okay, don't worry. I know they have problem. I'll give you just one. And you're feeling at it. And you dare brag that you are a success. So roll up your sleeves and get to work. Everyone. Roll up your sleeves, get to work. Because in the mind of God, that's my church. That's what's God's mind. And God already told us, if this girl is not happy, I won't listen to you. Do you know that's what the Bible says? It says that if we don't treat them well, our prayers will be hindered. So it means that you, God has problem with you. You don't understand? You have problem. Now, don't take the Bible with levity. If God says something, God says, I have, if, if that girl ever reports you to me, me and you, we have problem. So it's important to be asking the girl, hey. Alpha. Move it up, move it up, break it up, Alpha. Not that I'll be going to pray and then go, we need to find out. Alpha, can I say go, madame, like that is how it is. One of the routes for a man to get favor is the pleasure it causes his wife to experience. If you please your wife, you walk in favor. I tell you the truth. Whenever a man's wife is not happy with, with, with him, reduce how you do business with him. Because God is not happy with that man and it might affect you people's business. <laughs> yeah. You get it now? Yes, <laughs> hmm? 
Oh, yeah. Mm. Father, Zach, what about the women? When is your turn to preach? You preach about the women. <laughs> your own turn. You preach about the women. Today, I'm just preaching about what God says I should preach. And finally, let me talk to those. Okay, I have five more minutes. Yes, now, either I give me time. Now, either I say I must finish by nine. So, I have five more minutes. Let me just say this for free. Take your marriage very important. Don't take it for granted. That's the first thing. It's a smart decision. Take it very important. Focus on it. Two, for those who are married, plan to get married. Both of you make sure that you make Jesus the most important part of that relationship. Build a very strong spiritual foundation. Because that is what will keep you. And that, that is what will help you navigate the troubles and the crises of life. If you're, if you're planning to get married to someone, make sure praying time is more important than cinema time. I tell you the truth. <clears throat> because if you don't do that, you guys will have all the funds to travel everywhere in the world, but you have too much sorrow. To, to buy the tickets. So, cinema, all those things, they are one-unit courses. They are not the five units and seven unit courses. What are seven unit courses? Spiritual intimacy, which is the bedrock of all intimacy. Hearing God together, knowing God together, building strong, because I don't know what has happened to this generation that is becoming extremely worldly. Our values are being messed up. Praying together. We clip, you're not getting married, make sure you and your spouse come to church. Don't pray in your houses, pray in church. Once a week, real prayer, hear God together. Because this institution, without the spirit of God, you can't do it. Because the flesh is always concerned about self. And the more your desire for self-pleasure is, the more weak your tendency of wickedness increases. Yeah. The crisis is self. And the only thing that can take out self is the spirit of God. And so you need to build a strong relationship with the Lord so that you are not only married to your spouse, you are married to the Lord. And then the Lord is, you know, pruning you, judging you, taking out all, all the mess in you. You see, so that you now begin to have a new mindset where it's about pleasing and pleasuring the other person, not even you. Imagine if two people, all they are making effort to make the other person happy. It will, it will, it will be so amazing. 
But the challenge is that two people, this one wants to be happy. This other one wants to be happy. Then there's a backlog of the sorrow, the pain this one has seen that her parents have. And she has made a vow that I will not have this pain. That one too has seen the pain. So they are coming with suspicion. They don't suspect themselves. So this one is suspecting the suspicion that she had for her father. She has brought it in. This one, the suspicion he has had, they have brought it in. And so any small behavior, this one will say, hey, be baba me and so all that, all that, because you are just, you have not kept yourself in the hands of the Lord. Because eventually, it's only the Lord that can feel the heart and the emptiness in every soul. No man has the power to, to make anybody have to be fulfilled. It's just the Lord. Are we together, friends? Praise God. And so today we have the rare privilege of watching God do what he knows how to do best, which is to join. Right? And in this joining, we know that we have understood that man must not put asunder. So after today, Everything going on in this home does not concern you. Eh? Except for prayers, right? Praise God. Everything in this home does not concern you except for prayers. Or else you and God will have serious problem. All right. You know, I've done this several times, but every time I'm doing it, it still feels like, like the first time. 